to the Shelf Oddities. My name is Erie. And I'm Serafina. And Erie, what oddity are you feeling like today? I am feeling like the freeze-dried, decapitated head of a chicken suspended in a beautiful display with flowers. That was a journey, but also that felt very much like me <laughs> and my vibe, so I very much appreciate that today. I am feeling like, weirdly enough, I am feeling like a rare burpee seed planting calendar clock, which we have seen one of those at Hale okay. Oddities, if yeah, you remember. They don't sell it, which is, I would have bought it the first day I went there, let alone every single day I've been there since. But one day I will own one because they're beautiful. They are beautiful. And stunning. Erie, I know you went to the movies last weekend. What did you see? Um, I saw Smile in theaters, which actually has had a ton of mixed reviews. Uh, some people really like it, some people don't like it. I really liked it. I thought it was decent. If you have the ability to see it in theaters, I'd recommend doing that. It is definitely like a horror in the theater movie to mm, experience. The atmosphere is there. Yes, it's very cool. I will say that they do like a reveal of something in the movie that caused me to audibly gasp in mm, the movie theater because of how good it looked. And it was CGI, and we all know that like I have strong feelings about CGI versus practical effects, sure but do. I actually really liked it, and I thought it was a decent movie worth a watch. Well, there you go. And me, lamely, I haven't been to a movie theater in a minute. I actually don't know the last time I went to a movie theater. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> I truly don't know. Probably in the spring. What did I see? Honestly, the only things I remember seeing was Dune because I love Dune so much. Sure. Um, but that was years ago. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't I don't know what I've seen since then. It was probably some Marvel thing. No, I feel like I saw... What the fuck did I see? I have no idea. No clue. So that leads me to say, uh, me, the the house of content that I am, I did rewatch Gilmore Girls, okay. which every time I watch it as an adult, I realize how more and more problematic it is. And um, if I didn't watch it as a 10-year-old, I wouldn't probably feel the love I have for it now. But I, I just love it. I love it so much. Every time I watch it, the reason I love it is all of the media references it makes. Okay. Every time I watch it, because I only watch it once a year, I, that in that year, I've watched so much more content that every time I go back to Gilmore Girls, I understand new references. Sure, sure. Like, it's absolutely nuts. And we're talking, this has been a 10-year rewatch for, like, 10 years, you know? Like, that was so dumb to say, but um, it's just insane. I really appreciate it. And I find, like, new books to read. I find all this stuff. So I really do love Gilmore Girls. It's how I usher in the fall. And... I have been watching, which I know in the past on podcast episodes, I bullied you into watching because I needed to talk to you about it, but that would be The House of the Dragon, which we are before the end of it when we're recording this. Yes. Because we do record these a little bit before they come out. Obviously, we have to edit it and everything. But next week, or I'm sorry, tonight is episode nine. Next week will be the last episode. This comes out, I think, right after that from when I from the content calendar that we have. And right now, episode eight, I'm just, I'm in love with it. It has not only 
reunited my passion for like fantasy stuff it's actually reunited my passion for game of thrones we're currently in a game of thrones rewatch right now which i have not done since they ended it yeah i haven't rewatched it either it's on I, my list of things to do i couldn't put a single episode on because i knew how it ended and i hated it yeah. so much that i physically couldn't do it but the house of the dragon has just reunited that spark of like i miss this world yeah we're in the universe again it's also nice that it's kind of socially relevant again yes because i think i've talked about this in a past episode but the thing that i liked the most about game of thrones is that there was a nerdy thing that everyone was into yes it's nice to have that again yeah no it's wonderful i will say my favorite experience on watching anything is the memes on twitter afterwards that's one of my main things i love about euphoria i love the show euphoria but i'm telling you twitter after euphoria baby (laughs) it is like nothing else it's actually really funny um not to go on a super long tangent but my spouse really cares about sports i don't i could give probably two shits less um but because i love him i decided let's go ahead and try to see if I can make sense of any of it and his patience led up me to finally understanding football as a concept. Oh, nice. Which is like, we're 27 years into Farther it. Farther than I've ever gotten, so. No one, the way that men talk to women, no one's ever kindly explained football to me. I'm like, why, why would I know what football is? Right. Why would I care? I grew up making leaf and mud pies and giving frogs cranberries. <laughs> why the hell would I know what football is? Um, so luckily, he explained it to me very slowly and multiple times and he has patience for me because <laughs> I be yelling a lot because I'm like none of this makes sense you're telling me that guy could hug that guy but that guy couldn't hug that guy <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me so anyway what I how this all comes back together because I will get there eventually is that sports twitter is also fucking lit <laughs> like it's just like watching I, a, like I watching house of dragon i didn't either but i was like you know i always feel like sports are always trending on twitter and like i like are there that many people that watch sports on twitter in the first place it doesn't seem right and so i clicked on one with the Bengals, and i was like damn <laughs> damn like they're all so good so that has added to the sports experience for me is like i understand what's going on in this game now and now i'm agreeing with people on twitter (laughs) it's so funny so um it's been really fun but yeah i will miss house of dragons when it's gone um the fact that we have to wait till 2024 really sucks not excited about that but i am grateful for having it now and i wanted to have a space to talk about those of us who have listened to the female gaze podcast episode <laughs> um that we put out in the beginning damon is the female gaze he's the best he's the female gaze i will be honest with you our dear oddlings i did not think that he was attractive until like the last episode <laughs> like, i'm glad you made it i made it finally like i didn't get it at all because i think the highest crime a man could commit is being blonde I'm just going to be honest with you. That's the first red flag for me in any scenario. If you're blonde, that's a crime against humanity. And that's the blondest blonde of all the blondes over there. Um, But him in this episode, if you haven't watched it, there's not really a lot of spoilers for what I'm going to say, but uh, him saying say it at the same time I said say it, I was like, oh, we clicked. Oh, we clicked. Um, And now I love him. And uh, I know that it's probably going to get real fucked up and he's probably going to do something real fucked up because he is our problematic Aries king. Um, But right now in this little bubble, he is the female (laughs) gaze and I appreciate him very much. So... With that said, let's get into the darker side of this odd October episode. 
Today is gonna be a couple of things. First something spooky and then something lighter. You know, like when some of us watch cartoons after a scary movie rattles us, that's basically what I'm serving you today. We're gonna start off by talking about sleep paralysis. This wasn't on the docket for our odd October, but I feel like it's a truly freaky affliction that affects the living, so I figured I'd send a shiver up your spine at least once. If you don't know what sleep paralysis is, you were born under a lucky star until now. Because it's freaky. It, it is. I'm going to use... I typically... We always try to dock how many times I say that's wild in a podcast episode. This one is freaky. That's <laughs> freaky. Because it is, dude. Let's start you off with the easy. With the medical descriptions. Sleep paralysis is a condition that causes brief loss of muscle control. That happens just after falling asleep but more noticeably when waking up. No one knows exactly what triggers these episodes. There's a chemical imbalance that can happen, insomnia, a disrupted sleep pattern, sicknesses tend to flare these up. This is not a life-threatening condition, but it can cause anxiety. And it still causes me anxiety even when I'm not going through it. Uh, And typically only affects 10% of the population chronically. 50% of the population says that they have experienced it. This is during when the rapid eye movement stage of sleep, the muscles relax to the point where they become immobilized. They think that's to keep us from violently acting out our dreams when we sleep, but that's about as much as I could find. This is the stage where most have the intense dreams. People who experience sleep paralysis have essentially woken up before they've stopped dreaming. And now Dr. Sarah is taking off her medical coat and hanging it up. Grab a blanket and a warm cup of tea if you can, because it's about to get existentially scary up in here. So basically, sleep paralysis is when you wake up and can't move your body. Scary. Not great. You can use your other senses, though, your eyes and ears. Scarier. Yeah, I don't really want to. And the brain likes to open itself up to the dream world and the living world at the same time. Scariest. Big yikes. Yeah, I hate all of it. I was going to make up like a fake scenario, like a little walkthrough so you'd get the picture, but I actually found a firsthand experience from a writer named Shelley Weaver Cather in her article, Sleep Paralysis, an intro to the demons in your bedroom, which is an insanely cool title. Yeah. She shares her episode, so I'll share that with you now. I know what's going to happen before I even nestle into my bed for a nap in the afternoon. I'm not sure exactly what part of my brain is trying to warn me, but I just know. I've been living in the middle of a perfect storm for days. So sick I can't stay asleep. So tired I can't see straight. The holiday stress is still lingering, but still I need to give my body a break. I don't know how long it takes. Maybe I'm asleep for 15 minutes, maybe two hours. But I wake up and I'm frozen, stuck. I instantly start to feel my chest tighten as panic sets in. I tell myself not to freak out, that it's only in my head, but it doesn't matter. After a few seconds of trying to ground myself and end the confusion between body and mind, it starts. Something brushes over my foot where I've left my skin exposed to help combat the fever I've been harboring for a week. There's something, maybe someone, at the foot of my bed. Whatever it is, drags a finger, or a talon, hard to say, it feels sharper somehow, over my skin, and I try to cringe away, to crawl to the top of my bed and escape, to borrow under the blanket where it can't get me, but nothing responds. 
It's like my entire body has shut down, but my thoughts are on fire, ricocheting against my skull in a desperate attempt to get out and shake my body into action. The scratching only gets worse. This isn't happening. It's not real. I'm okay. I'm fine. It'll be over soon. When its entire hand wraps around my ankle and starts pulling its way up my body, I can't take it anymore. I start screaming so hard that I can feel the blood rushing around my eardrums. My visions blur from the intensity and still nothing. No sound comes out, not even a whimper. But I don't stop, I can't stop. I scream and I thrash and I squeeze my eyes, wiggle my ears, do anything I can to stress my body into waking up. My limbs are lifeless. My attacker, whom I'll never see, climbs over my body. I feel muscle grind against bone under the weight of its joints on mind and that hand grips my shoulder, pulling upward. But my body doesn't follow the trajectory it sets, I just remain, motionless, encased inside a vessel that doesn't care we're dying. As suddenly as it started, it's over. My eyes are open and I'm lying exactly as I was when I went to sleep. There's nothing in the room but me my chest heaving like a movie scene when the character wakes up from a nightmare. Fucking freaky. I hate it. You can now picture the experiences for many who walk the earth with you. This affliction has been around since the beginning of time. There are written texts speaking of those waking up with the feeling of something sitting on them, holding them down and them not being able to move. All across the globe, there have been tales of those experiencing terrible doubts of these living nightmares. In 1664, the Dutch doctor, Diemer Breck, wrote down the first recorded description in a medical setting. In 1781, Henry Fusilli's The Nightmare is one of the first pieces of art on canvas to show his experience with it. And that picture will be shown on our Instagram, but you should Google it to really look at it. It's haunting and oddly hilarious. But there are older texts from Asia and Russia and most of Europe, Africa, South America. Honestly, anywhere you travel in the world, you will find these stories. And that's what scares me most. Why are vastly different individuals from an array of cultures and geographical territories all experiencing the same kinds of night terrors? It's weird that we're talking about that because we mentioned something similar to this when we were talking about the Samhain episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes it more, like, real and that there's something, like, higher connecting. In 1664, they weren't, like, putting on their Facebook status. No. Or, like, watching something creepy. You know or, like, I mean? texting like, someone in Asia being like, hey, dog, did you have, like, a weird dream last night? This is what mine looked like. Yeah. It's, like, different cultures and different centuries yep. who never talk to one another have the same drawings. What the hell? Nah, I can't fuck with all that. There are three beings that are well-known occupiers of these waking nightmares, haunting our species through the tendrils of time. The most popular is the Hat Man. Fuck the Hat Man. I do not like the fucking Hat Man. The Hat Man is in many horror movies all the time and every fucking time. No, no yeah. thank you, I'm good. It's a lot. This is a tall, dark figure of a man, sometimes six feet, sometimes ten, a solid silhouette supporting a hat and trench coat, all black. He typically lingers in the doorways and around corners, reportedly stationary. 
Those who have been visited by the hat man aren't too convinced that he isn't just a dream. He's actually a being from either outer space or another realm, observing humans and their functions, cursed to be the forever watcher. Most say he's harmless, but those who dare to talk about him always feel a sense of unease around them when he's brought up. Also, when you look at people's renditions of the hat man, drawings of this mysterious visitor in their sleep, the feeling is uncanny valley turned up to 100%. Mm-hmm. It is overwhelming. It is overimposing. It is intimidating. Yeah, it's horrifying. He is... I don't... And I also don't like that you told me that he might be an alien because I fucking hate aliens. So yeah. I like that even worse things. I'm really sorry about that. I really hate that I did that to you. Our next day walker is the old hag. She's the oldest of the trio. She's been seen on every continent. Her different names are scribbled in the sands of time. She's typically found sitting on the chest of the dreamer, slowly suffocating them. In Turkish culture, sleep paralysis is often referred to as karabazan, or the dark presser. In Swahili-speaking areas of Southeast Africa, it is known as the jinamizi, or strangled by jinn which refers to a creature sitting on one's chest, making it difficult for them to breathe. In Moroccan culture, sleep paralysis is known as burata, which means a demon that presses and covers the sleeper's body so they cannot move. In Greece, it is believed that sleep paralysis occurs when a ghost-like creature or demon uh, tries to steal the victim's speech or sits on the victim's chest, causing asphyxiation. In Mexico, it is believed that this is caused by a spirit of a dead person. The ghost lays on the body of the sleeper, rendering them unable to move or breathe. The people refer to this as Severs el Mirto, or dead person on you, is what that translates to. In many parts of the southern United States, the phenomenon is known as the hag, and the event is said to portend in an approaching tragedy or accident. And this is just a small example. I have linked her wiki, Slay. You know, what a queen. <laughs> I mean, she got her own wiki. Like sure. she has her, She's the only one who has her own wiki as a Slay baby. And the notes of the pod. Check out how many cultures have a reference to her. I chose six out of 106. My girl is booked and busy. Dude, I don't like that. That makes it worse. Yeah, it's, once again, why is everybody having the same dream? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? And lastly, we have the dreaded hooded figure. Often faceless, sometimes skeletal. They are the Grim Reaper in physical form. Or at least the muse for what we know as the Grim Reaper. Which is weird to think, like, there's something that exists. That's where the Grim Reaper came from. Yeah. Not like the Grim Reaper was just created. Like it was mused after something. It's so weird to me. The thing that's interesting, though, is that people don't often report terrible things or death after seeing them just that they visited. Some hear from them. One story online revealed their experience. Go back to sleep and I can see her face and body. She's draped in black clothing that seems wet. Skeleton hands but a soft feminine young face. Eyes like black holes. Others shared that they sometimes carried a weapon. Sometimes they just stayed where they were vibing but always in a dark cloak. 
okay, when writing this, I just want everyone to know that I hate it and my skin itches. Yeah. I'm sorry that this is what I'm entertaining you with. Every time I hear people's stories or it gets brought up like this, it freaks me out for weeks. But it's a weird thought. Why can people see the same ones? It haunts me. Different continents, different cultures, different centuries, and everyone's brain sees the same few things in this one state of mind. It's freaky. So that was my editor's note. I was sitting staring at like my kitchen was like right in front of me and it was like all black oh, and like no. I was like I just I hate I hate all of this I'm having a terrible time <laughs> while researching this I came across a lot of stories that aligned with the ones that I knew in person it's not one that's noted as common which I find to be very interesting the one if you were to ask me before I did any research or had ever heard any of this I would have told you that this was what I thought sleep paralysis was but when you go online, it's not even one of the most common ones. It's very interesting. This being is the most common in people around me, a gray-skinned, dark-haired, young girl. She levitates, she sings sometimes, she's slow until she's fast, and typically she's always coming towards you. This is giving me chills. I like, know, oh. I can't talk about it this long because it truly rattles me. It's the only one I've ever heard in person, and I've heard it from four different people. If you go on Reddit or forums where people talk about their experiences with sleep paralysis, you are never far off from coming across a story or a comment that matches this recollection. My stories come from people who don't believe in ghosts. My stories come from people who do believe in ghosts. People living in the South and the North, different faiths, but they all describe her the same. I don't know what her name is or what people call her, but I think for the most part, she's new to the game, if you will. But she's out there. And she's common. Do you know how gross it is, the idea that a new thing can just be like, yeah, suck here on here. Yeah. Like when all of these other ones have just been around for like, no! Yeah, freaky as hell. I hope she doesn't visit any of our oddlings. This is why I sleep with black tourmaline on my bedside table with mugwort in my cauldron. I know it's probably just a chemical reaction in the brain while dreaming and waking up too quick, but I will do what I can to make sure my six is covered in all realms. Yep. Can't fuck with it. And now I release you from this. Let's move on to something a little lighter. <laughs> now that I've scarred you for life. We're gonna watch some cartoons. We're gonna watch some <laughs> cartoons. Da da da, da da da. <laughs> I'm not going to keep our oddlings in terror for a second longer. I hope you enjoyed the scares while they were with us. But I'm going to go back to being me, which is, let's talk about some fun things. <laughs> let's have some fun. Um, you know, as in history and how we got to where we are. All of these stories remind me of some of my favorite things, which is the creepiness of Halloween, the creepiness of October, how it feels to be outside walking down a street with a little light breeze and some leaves blowing by you. All of these takes me back to vintage Halloween and that nostalgia we all feel. When we were children, anything was possible on Halloween. Vampires and werewolves, skeletons walking among us. It was fun and scary. A handful of candy and some decorations everywhere hyping your senses up. Mm -hmm. You really start to believe it. And for centuries, children have been celebrating. Children have been believing. In a different way here and there, but all around the same idea. If you listen to our Saw 1 episode, we cover in depth how we got to where we are today, 
but I'll give you the brief version. The summer is ending, the winter's creeping in, the veil's getting thin. So let's be wary of spirits coming around and do what you can to protect yourself. From children in Rome and England having parades and dressing up in costumes as saints and angels and devils, children in Ireland having bonfires and a version of trick-or-treating going from house to house gathering food for their feast, that's actually what popularized it in America. I talked about this in that episode that the potato famine led to the Irish uh, right into the New World, bringing their centuries-old traditions. The concept of the holiday of veils thinning can be seen in the Day of the Dead, which is in the first few days of November. In the pagan holiday of Samhain, where you collect your harvest and honor your ancestors. In Wiccan cultures, it's the Witch's New Year. This is a special time of year. There's magic in the air and the world around us is changing. What's also interesting is that there's an insane economy of selling that magic back to us. And I'll be the first to admit it, sometimes I don't hate it. I am tired of the remake city that we live in nowadays. I think there are so many stories to be told that still haven't graced our screen. And I'm good with letting the greats be great. But there are two huge things going on this year and I figured we'd talk about them. First is the McDonald's Halloween buckets are coming back. What do you think about those? I am here for it. Yeah, uh, Because me too. I think this has two layers. Layer number one is the market for vintage Halloween is insane. The mm. amount of people that are hunting and gathering yeah. and the collectors are fucking serious business. Yeah. And the price tag on vintage Halloween is fucking insane. Insane. And I don't... I'm not against reproducing it. I'm not. I think it's fine. I don't know why we don't dip into that a little bit more because there's no reason why it can't be affordable and you get your nostalgia too. Do I care yep. if my bucket's from 2022 or the 80s? Fuck it. No. no. If it looks the same, yeah. give me the vibes. I'm down. That's my whole thing too with like remakes and stuff is that um, not only am I for it, we should do it better. I agree. Because I think people do it terribly, and then you have the people come out that are, like, purists and don't want to have a remake. But then it's like, that's not... But it's not even good. Like, yeah. give us something good to be mad about, at least. Right. Like, don't, don't do your fake outrage on things that don't actually matter or are good at all. And then what's funny is you have places like Michael's and Joann's mm -hmm. who have the different Halloween lines and they have different themes, right? One of those themes is now vintage Halloween Literally. because so many people like it. Yeah, so do it right and do it big. And I am grateful for them to come back because they're so stinking cute. But what's weird is as an adult, because I'm now an adult and not a child with them anymore, is like I want to put mums in them. Right. I think they're cute planters. I will say the one thing that I think it kind of takes away from is that there are a lot of small businesses that really get trampled over during Halloween time because oh, for everyone sure. is going to give their money to the, the big corporations. I always want to say, please make sure you're supporting small artists. Yes. There are plenty of spooky small artists who do spooky all year round. And the Halloween buckets is actually one of those things where a lot of small artists have been like, I know someone does purses. Yeah, I've saw them too. Like that. I know that there's like jewelry. People make like yeah. the buckets that go on your straw. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. Like us ghoulies who like to have our... Um, 
travel cups, yeah. <laughs> emotional support coffee mug, <laughs> if you will. So I do. It, it does kind of suck in that aspect where those people saw that market and were selling to that market. Sure. And now it's going to be mainstream, more mainstream again. I'm hoping it gives them more business instead of takes away. That's my like, whole thought. Is like, well, first it wasn't theirs in the first place. They've been lucky to not get copywritten. Absolutely. I hope they continuously do not get copywritten in McDonald's elevates them and doesn't take away from them if you love the buckets seriously the purses are so stinking cute i will find the link and put it in our bio even though they are sold out she does make them throughout the year as well so you can have them for next year um but they're super cute what's your favorite do you have a favorite of the buckets yeah probably the witch I go between... I like one, I love them all. Yeah. Truly, it's so hard, but I go between the witch and the ghost. That's fair. They're, They're both, both so really cute. Good. Yep. And um, another big thing that we've already talked about our hopes for, now let's talk about the reality of, is Hocus Pocus 2 coming out. Mm-hmm. We were both really afraid that it was going to be a cash grab, and I think for the most part, it wasn't. But I think, of course, them doing it in the first place, they only did it because they knew. That, that there was a market. Yeah, right? 100%. Um, what did you think about it? What's funny is this is a hot take, right? Like, this is a hot conversation in the Halloween slash horror community. Is it? I don't know. It's very funny. I've seen positives and negatives. So have I, so have I. Um, I liked it. I I did too. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, I think if you take it at face value as, like, a cute family. I always consider movies like that intro to horror. Yeah, yeah. And when you have small children in your life that, like, you're trying to get into horror in, like, a reasonable way without scaring the shit out of them, the more content you have, the better. better. And I think this is great. You can show your, like, 10-year-old Hocus Pocus, the original Hocus Pocus, and then show them Hocus Pocus 2, and it's in an environment they're familiar with, with references they're familiar with, and it just helps. Yeah, I agree. If I was a child, I would have thought it was perfect. Yeah. As an adult, of course, I have my qualms. Um, the only thing that truly bothered me, and it kind of, it kind of bothered me about the first, but the first that had its place is the singing. Sure. For what? For what? And for why? The, I put a spell on you makes sense. They're fucking witches. Yeah, yeah. But why did we have a flash mob? <laughs> That's a great question. Why did that? it's a Disney movie. I understand that, but, like, they're not even words she knows. It doesn't make any sense. It's not even good, nor is it needed. It just felt like they did it because the first one had a singing thing on it. But they start the movie with singing, too. There's two songs in it. Oh, yeah. They, like, perform for the girls, and then they do a flash mob. I just... That wasn't the part of Hocus Pocus I liked. No. The I put a spell on you made sense. They're witches. The other stuff... I don't get it. For what and for why? I don't know. That was the only part that I could do away with. The rest of it was funny. The Walgreens bit was hilarious. Yes, it was I thought it was really funny. At the end, I didn't necessarily get choked up. I know some people did, like, get really emotional. I thought it was too much of a character switch. It kind of, like, like shocked me more than anything. Um, Because I was like, wait a second, what are we doing? Like, why are we pretending... Like, this is how this would happen. It just seemed very odd to me. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. It was sweet. It was mm-hmm. a good... There was closure. It was a good closure. And I hope they don't do a third one. That Midler came out and said, I would do a third one. No. There's no reason. You died. <laughs> You're gone. Spoiler alert. you dead. you done so For, like, the third time now. Yeah. You've already died three times. We don't need a four, you know? So, it was fun. The way they did it was fun. It was good. It was a good time. I had a good time. 
Uh, special mention the fucking Roombas. Can we talk about the, ro- the Roombas? I was worried about the Roombas. I thought the so Roombas were going to be so dumb. They were so good, though. The full circle was the so good. The scene great. with the circle, the salt circle. So funny. It was so good. It was incredible. Yeah, it was wonderful. The It really came around. Um, and I really liked it. And also, I think the three women did wonderful. Yeah. Coming back to a character you left 26, 27 years ago yeah. uh, is insane. And the new girls were great, too. I yeah. thought that they were really fun. Also, the uh, little girls who played, like, the young sisters mm-hmm. in the flashbacks. Yeah. They did Dude, great. they did amazing. Nailed it. They did such a good, stinking job. I, I really liked it. I can't remember who I was talking to, but I had a friend say that they wouldn't mind if they did, like, a little kid geared series where they did the Sanderson sisters as the little kids yeah. in like a show mm-hmm. I think that would do great I agree I'd and that no would be really fun yeah and it and then it's not this retcon yeah of like having to do like just give us the before yeah it's I'm just, good with it's that just more and they and like the girls are young enough yeah. you know and they're good actresses so let them do it it was I really did appreciate it and then there are the other remakes. I mean, I know Halloween Ends just came out. You haven't seen it yet, right? Um, I have not seen it. Michael Myers was not my favorite slasher, so I did not get into it. Of course, I watched the original Halloween when I first started really fixating on horror, um, but I actually have been aggressively watching all the sequels the past like few weeks oh, have you? to get ready for it, because oh, I okay. would like to go see it in theaters, because... Is it in theaters? I thought it was just on streaming services. Uh, I thought Halloween Forever, the whatever one came out before the one that just came out this Friday, oh. that one was streaming services, I believe. Oh, okay. This one is actually in theaters, oh. and I just want to support Jamie Lee Curtis. I understand. I fucking love Jamie Lee Curtis. I do too. She She's just, like, as someone who is a final girl in horror, she's doing the damn thing. She knows that she's appreciated by the horror community. And she loves the horror community. And she fucking loves, I'm just, ugh, I could gush about her forever because she's incredible. I, how do you feel about these reviews coming out? Seems a little rough. Here's the thing. You can't please everybody. Haters are gonna hate. And, yeah. and the hard part about horror is because people love it so much mm-hmm. and they identify with it so much. Yeah. It's a struggle to please everyone. I agree. And like there's a, a large part of the community that's never going to like anything you put out. I mean, there's always been a hot take about the Halloween films because Rob Zombie remade a bunch of them. Those are the only ones I've ever seen. And Isn't people that were pissed about it. Why? Because Rob Zombie be doing Rob Zombie things and they were upset. And that's here's my hot take. Rob Zombie is living his zombie life, doing what he wants, and he does not care about yeah. what you think about his shit. He's just doing it, and whether in if people like it, good, and if they don't, whatever. He he just be doing what he want to be doing. How do you feel about his Munsters remake? I have not watched it yet because that has also gotten terrible reviews. I, know I haven't has. watched it either. At the time of this recording, um, this is before I. I go to Scarefest. It is a convention, a horror convention in Lexington that I'll be going with my girlfriend. So I'll be spending the night with her, and her and I are both really into horror, so we're waiting to watch that and the new Hellraiser that just came out. Oh, fun. Um, when I'm with her gotcha. during that weekend. So. Well, we won't be recording any more podcasts for basically the rest of this month um, because we have planned this, so that way we get to enjoy... The rest of October mm-hmm. uh, and be our true uh, witchy, witchy kid selves, basically. Um, so when we get back in November, I would like a review of both of those things from you. Yep. Um, 
I don't really do a lot of horror. I don't... I, I get into it more and more every year. I finally watched it this year. The new stuff, the mm -hmm. Alexander Skarsgård stuff, which... I thought it was going to be a lot scarier than it was. I know a lot of people really don't fuck with it. Yeah. And I went into it knowing, like, people, there are some things about this that people really hate, mm -hmm. and I just need to be careful. Um, and I had a fun time. Yeah. I thought they were good. Um, not watching horror movies in theaters, I think, just gives you such a different atmosphere. You're not going to catch me in theaters watching horror movies. I love it. I know um, you've, you've, like, called me out on another episode when I mentioned that yeah. you're like, you do that, you spooky bitch, but... Uh, so here, let's uh, be honest. Going to the, the theater is a horror experience for me in general because I have such bad public anxiety sure. about... Uh, shootings ever since the Aurora, Colorado mm -hmm. incident. Um, so I don't need to go to be scared. I'm already scared. <laughs> I don't need to be double scared. Yeah, we have like a slightly different experience because when all of that happened, I think I was still working at a gun range yes. and had the fear of being shot every single day. Yeah. So I don't maintain that fear. <laughs> yeah. But um, I love horror in the theater. I think that if that's your bag and like you're willing to do that, it's, it's worth it. It's Definitely. worth the time. It's worth the money. Also, would cut a bitch for some movie theater popcorn in a, in a heartbeat. I understand that. I do. I do understand that. Which is why I do go to the movie theaters occasionally. What was the last thing I watched? I know I started this <laughs> podcast asking what the last thing I watched is. I'm sure my husband is listening to this, being like, "We went and saw this, you <laughs> dumb bitch." But I can't remember. I'm so sorry. The ADHD has popped the fuck off today. Um, but I do enjoy what we went to. What the fuck do we see? I'm gonna lose my mind. I don't remember. We went to a new theater and had a really good experience, and they like serve food. Oh, um, yeah. It's one of those bad I don't boys. go to movie theaters that don't do that anymore, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because their chairs are superior. They're superior. They got a little thing that yep. comes out so you can sit your popcorn on it. It's their so cup wonderful. holders are big. They, yeah. You recline. It's the best. It's It has revamped the entire experience for me. So I understand. Maybe we'll go see something. Who knows? I have no idea. I probably won't go see Smile. If you liked it, that means it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Just, just one woman's opinion. Um, because I truly, I love Halloween. I love this time of year. My favorite memories of this season are laying in a hammock with a blanket. Uh, when I was a kid, I actually got a hammock this year, so that way I can uh, rekindle those magical moments. Um, from like 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., it's just like a little chilly, and it's like an extremely long sunset, basically. And uh, I'm always reading a good book in my memories. Uh, when I was a kid, it was either Goosebumps at this time um, or The Magic Treehouse. Do you remember The Magic Treehouse books? I do. I read a couple of them. I know my partner is obsessed with them. I loved them so much. What's really weird is that I used to read scarier kids' books uh, during the Halloween season, and I once read a book that I can't remember the title of, but it scared the shit out of me, and I was thinking about it when writing this episode, and I figured maybe I'd share it with our oddlings and maybe someone would know what it is. I should probably ask Book Talk, <laughs> really, like truthfully, because I, I want to know what it is so much. I remember it so clearly. It's a black book with purple writing on it. And it was a book about a doll that would turn into a full woman. Gray dress, and she would hurt people, putting it nicely. Uh, she wants to cause a car accident, people died. She wants to push someone in the bathroom and like, mess them up really badly. 
the one part I really remember is like she was kind to the girl who owned the doll, but like she would scare off the people who were like trying to hurt the girl. And like she shows up as like a decaying corpse. And like that's the only time she ever sees her like that scary. It's like to scare a person off to save her. And this is a kid's This is apparently, but I've never been able to find it ever again. I remember like years later, not even like that long, trying to find it. I It was in the, I think I got it in Western Row, that library. Okay. So we're talking, I mean, I'm young. Yeah, that was like elementary. I'm really young and maybe, I don't know, very young. And I was like, I don't think I should have been able to read that book. <laughs> I don't think you should have been able What's to What's really it. weird is that I thought for the longest time its title was Mrs. Peregrine's House for Children, or like oh, yeah. Mrs. Peregrine something, and then they started coming out with that movie, yeah, and I was like, this ain't it. there's yeah. no way. Well, first I was like, why are they making this? It's terrifying. <laughs> and then I watched the trailer, and I was like, um, wait a second. Hold on. This ain't what I thought it was. So it's like a long title. It's like Mrs. Per- Mrs. something. Um... But yes, if you have heard it, if you've read it, please tell me. Someone please tell yeah, me. Yeah, send an email to oddityarcadia at gmail.com and yes. let us know. Yes, or comment on Instagram, anywhere I can see it, yep. uh, because I'm dying. I've been wanting to reread it forever to be like, was it this scary or was I just a kid? I don't yeah. know. Um, anyway, I hope someone out there knows what I'm talking about. Uh, thanks for that tangent. I do appreciate it. And speaking of goosebumps, Erie, did you end up scoring one of those lunch boxes? Yeah, so I did manage to score one of those lunch boxes. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it on the pod before, but I'm obsessed with Goosebumps. I'm really happy that there's more merch out there for it. They're remaking merch, which is exactly what I want instead of having to hunt down vintage. One of the things that I had been looking at was a vintage Goosebumps lunchbox from the 90s when they made the plastic lunchboxes that had the matching thermoses. So I had had one bookmarked on eBay for a very long time because my lunchbox is boring and I hate it. (laughs) And I don't want to have a boring lunchbox anymore. So I had been thinking about buying it, but I needed one that I was actually intending on using and I didn't want to buy a vintage one and it potentially get broken. So luckily, a creator just put out a line of lunch boxes. They're called Monster Creations. We can include their Instagram in the show notes. Um, but they did a line of a bunch of different designs. They all came with a thermos that matched the design. I ended up getting the One Day at Horrorland lunchbox with the matching thermos because I love the color scheme for yeah, that book. It's like a, a light blue and pink. It's very cool. So yeah, I'm very happy with it. I'm excited. I haven't gotten it yet. It was a pre-order, so. Yeah, yeah. I am obsessed with the Haunted House one. I just wish it had the Goosebumps logo on it. Same. Because it's perfect in every way, shape, or form. It is. So, I figured I'd ask you, now that we already know what your favorite new item is, do you have a favorite Halloween nostalgia item? I could tell you that mine are those trash bags that look like pumpkins when you fill them up with leaves. Why, do they still do those? No, Why? I've been looking for them everywhere, but I never find them. Why don't they make those? I don't know, but I love them. I mean, truthfully, that's like the one thing that like instantly takes me back to be like six years old. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I would say that one of my favorites is vintage Halloween blow molds specifically because the thing about blow molds is they just look very vintage Halloween in general uh there's a huge market for the ones that are actually vintage the more 
spooky seasons that happen over the last couple years, the more we see companies remaking blow molds. Yeah. So I am hoping that that starts to be more common, but that also instantly takes me back because my mamma had a fuck ton of blow molds. She had like a Santa for Christmas and like mm. a snowman and like pumpkins and all kinds of stuff. So I think it's great. The cool thing about them too is they last forever Forever, because now everything is like blow up and it dies after like two seasons it's awful uh my favorite blow mold is definitely like the ghost holding the pumpkins yes it's one that like instantly comes to me when i think of them yeah i like the pumpkin stacks like the jack-o-lantern i was gonna say that was my other is like the pumpkin stacks are so good and like i do miss them i hope that I would like to have... I think what's weird now is, like, we have cooler stuff for so many other things. Yeah. But Halloween just seems to fall short. If you're not a 12-foot skeleton, you're nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, like, all hail our big, giant, skelly the boy. The holy grail for the goth girls. Um, But it's like, can we have some more stuff? Some, like, more uh, inexpensive stuff yeah. that's, like, fun? It's like, I feel like... So many things have to be, like, one-upping each other. Like, everything has to be so perfect all the time that we've lost camp. Mm-hmm. We've lost corny. We've yeah. lost old, you know, like, that that feeling when you hear, like, the Halloween Town theme song. Yeah. You know? Um, I miss those. So, I asked a bunch of people on Facebook and our Instagram about what their favorite Halloween nostalgia items were. And some of them brought back some really cool memories for me, so I thought I'd share them with you and our oddlings, and just, you know, if you're someone who dealt with any of these. Uh, One of the most, which I think is really funny, that were brought up were those rubber witch fingertips yeah with like the green with the red nails do you remember do they not make those anymore apparently not they're not like a real like really common out so maybe they are hopefully someone's making them but i do remember i I mean you could get the same effect with bugles something similar to that that i was thinking of not to interrupt you they used to make these wax lips that you would get while you were trick-or-treating that looked like it was like a pair of lips with like vampire teeth yeah yeah and like it's very similar to the Polly Pocket chew yeah. sensation that, like, you're never going to be able to replicate that. Yeah. You're not... So, they were, like, lightly cherry-flavored, and you weren't supposed... It's, it wasn't, like, a candy. It was just, no. like... They don't, chewable. They don't make those anymore, no. and, like, need to sink my teeth into them. I'm just <laughs> saying. Definitely. Um, other people talk about this, which are called... They're called Rossbow Jack-O-Lantern Scarecrow Lollipop Holders, which I remember these. Do you remember these? No. They were, like, little, like, they're kind of, like, gummy. Not gummy. They're, like, soft rubber. Okay. That you, like, put a lollipop down the middle and, like, it would be, like, a sucker decoration, basically. Oh, that's kind of cool. Super cute. Um, And then someone else said the smell of wax fangs takes me back immediately. I miss them. Yeah, it's so good. Um, And also someone mentioned the McDonald's nuggets being dressed up. Yes. The person who does the bucket purses also does little change purses that are shaped like the little nuggies. Oh, really? It's so cute. Oh, they're the ones with the double eyes? No. Have you seen the double eyes thing? That thing was um, McDonald's actually did an adult Happy Meal. Uh, and oh. they um, worked with an artist who designed all of the toys. That's fun. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people were talking about something called a Be Still. Be Still? 
cutouts. Oh, yeah. They're like skeletons and pumpkins and witches. Yes, so Creepy Co., which is a clothing and accessory company, they also do homewares. They actually have um, a collection of clothing for um, the Beastle stuff, and it's very Do they it's really? Cool. I'll have yeah. to look that up. That sounds so fun. Um, I did mention the leaf bags in my post. And everyone was talking about, like, yeah, the leaf bags, I miss them. So yeah. hopefully th we, they bring them back. And then a lot of people were talking about sucker ghosts. Like, putting a Kleenex around a lollipop yeah, yeah. and, like, a little thing of string. No one and does that anymore. No one does. That's what I mean. We've missed the campiness. I want to bring back the campiness. I just love them so much. Um, and then a lot of people talked about something that I still do, which is I still Google the ABC Family 13 Nights of Horrors old lineups and then watch them <laughs> myself. Order. Because, yeah. like, all of that, like, Disney's 25 Nights of Halloween mm -hmm. or whatever, that is so nostalgic to it me. Is. Like, all the commercial breaks and, like, mm -hmm. the like the bats flying out of everywhere. I miss that so much. Um, and then other people talked about their, the, and I know I had this, the, like, light-up jack-o'-lanterns you would put on yourself yeah. or, like, on a flashlight right. so that way people could see you when you were yep. trick-or-treating. Like, how much fun is that? I do miss that. Um, and then some people said watching the Charlie Brown's Great Pumpkin, which I feel like is older than yeah. us. Um, but I do, like, I Got a Rock is still, like, one of my favorite Halloween jokes. That's because fair. it's just so good. Um, let's see, do I have anything else? That like really stood out to me. Oh, here's the last one that I think is really fun. The cardboard skeletons that had the metal little ringlet yeah, joints. Yeah, joints, yeah. There's so much fun. A lot of people talked about how growing up their parents had like the same one they put on the front door every yep. year. And I thought that was so much fun because mm -hmm. I do remember those. Those were great. And I wanted to round out this episode with uh, sharing. This will be our last episode before Halloween. Our next episode is all about our own ghost stories. I, as a kid, I was very... Uh, touched by the spirit world stuff um so much so that i thought everything was a ghost or a demon coming to get us and we had a vampire uh that was like a, a dummy like a fake dummy that sat on one of the rocking chairs on our front porch and one night i was in the shower and i was a kid i mean i was probably 11 10 11 whatever and someone was uh booing us like ding dong ditch, like we yeah. like booed. Okay. Uh, where they leave like a basket of candy and like you have to then repay that to somebody else, right? Like a pay it forward scenario. And someone said their little kid to boo us. Like a, a child. Like they were like an adult and a kid. Like sure. the whole thing is like you just like knock on the door and then run away. The kid didn't get the memo. So I'm in the shower, right? This is the day before Halloween. And I don't trust that vampire on the front porch. I'm just telling you, I never did. And this four-year-old walks up, knocks on our door. My dad answers the door. And this little kid then screams <gasps> because he's scared. Because it's Halloween. Yeah. He's scared. He's four years old. And he scares. But it's like a four-year-old scare. So it's like high-pitched shriek, basically. Yeah. And then I just hear my dad, like, also then get scared because yeah. he's like why are you screaming at me four-year-old child <laughs> and then i hear you know and then i'm like and at this point i'm freaked out because i had thought that the vampire that sat on our porch had finally gotten my father oh. and uh i think about that every halloween that i was like in the shower because i didn't even know what had happened like i'm like mid shower so i still have to like 
And I'm like, I'm washing my hair full of conditioner and being like, oh, my dad's alive. Like, the vampire got him. Because I'm a baby. And, um, yeah, that's, it's such a good one. So I get out of the shower and I walk down and I'm like, dad. And he's like, he's like, the funniest thing happened. I'm like, thank God. Like, I'm glad I'm so, you're still breathing. You're still alive, dad. Oh, my God. I was nervous. So, yeah, it was, um. That's one of my, like, favorite Halloween memories is, like, me in the shower getting scared the hell and back. And, like, because a four-year-old just started screaming. Yeah. No. One of my favorites that, like, really solidified my love of Halloween was there was a person who lived on my street who turned their garage into basically, like, a mini haunted house. And they, like, had part of it blocked off with a bunch of cardboard at, like, one level so you couldn't see below it. And if you're a tiny kid, that's, like, that's really, you can't see yeah. shit. Like, you're short. Um, and they have, like, a fog machine running and they were like doing scary st stuff in their yeah. garage and I just remember they had someone who was like hiding underneath the cardboard and like mm. waited until the very last second and like jumped out and scared the shit out of us and I was like I want to be that house yeah when I buy a house I want to be that house where some kid gets this memory yeah. about getting the shit scared out of them on Halloween and they love the fuck out of it and they never forget do you so we grew up in the same neighborhood yeah did you ever come to my part of the neighborhood when no. you were trick-or-treating no so we had these people called the Steins like they had like a whole name their just last name was the Steins and this man every year full tilt like we're talking hundreds of thousands of, I mean we're talking thousands of dollars put into his display. Good for him. Same idea. Opened up the garage. No, no splitting. The full double car garage was a haunted house. <laughs> and then their whole front yard was also a haunted house. I'm telling you, I never went nowhere near that house. <laughs> and at that house, I had to, like, past it to get out of the neighborhood. And I'm telling you, like, even as, like, a 16-year-old dog, <laughs> I had been traumatized so much. Because, like, his, they had kids who were, like, around our age and a little bit older than us. Who, like, would, like, chase people with chainsaws. Like, not real ones, obviously. Sure. But, like... There was, like, one time, like, I was young, I remember, and I was, like, I think I was, like, seven or eight. Like, I'd it was, like, one of the first years we'd ever moved in there, and his son had, like, chased the four of us down the neighborhood with a chainsaw, and I remember being, like, fuck this. And, I mean, I was, like, eight years old, but I was, like, fuck this. I hate this. I am out of here. Um, and then ever since then, I was, like, I don't trust a Stein. Not once in my whole life. And they were such nice people. They were yeah, always so nice to time. me. They just loved Halloween. So, yeah, that was definitely... I. Our neighborhood was full of people who loved Halloween, and I'm yep. very grateful that we got to have so much good memories of that. Hopefully, one day, our Victorian mansion will scare a few little oddlings uh, throughout the time. So, with that being said, good luck on our next episode. It's probably going to be a little spooky. Thanks for sticking with us through the first part of this episode. Sleep well and stay odd, Arcadia. <laughs>